What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 11 of season two. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it's your boy, Bagel Bite Bruno. Kurt, ask me why the fuck I just said that. Bruno, why did you just say that? I said that, my dear Kurt, I, because on Tuesdays, I have class from 4 to 6.30, the little, little peek behind the curtain right here, and we do recording shortly after, so I don't feel like doing anything extravagant for dinner. So my dinner tonight, in case you couldn't pick up on it, was motherfucking Bagel Bites. I'm ready to roll. Bagel bites used to hit so different. I haven't had them in so long. I'm sure they still do hit different. Oh, they hit, and it's different. <laughs> well, damn, I'm going to need to go get me some bagel bites. There you go. Shout out to bagel bites. My brother used to get so frustrated. My mom would go to the store and forget bagel bites. He'd be like, Mom? It's like, Mom, you literally had one job. That's all I asked. Bagel bites. <laughs> bagel bites. <laughs> Bear beats. Bagel bites. <laughs> that was fucking like it's. It's almost like we practiced this, but I didn't tell you I was saying this before we started. So we, I never know what Bruno's <laughs> gonna say. I never know. Oh, love it. I fucking love it. Oh my goodness. Well, um, here we are. Here we are, Bruno. We made it through ten weeks of the NFL season. That's Kurt. <sighs> I mean, that's crazy. But like, I don't. As soon as we get to double digit weeks, it feel like it feels like the end is rapidly approaching. And that no, 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 no. You know, do these. Yeah, typically it doesn't because we know we're going to make it to the AFC Championship game every oh, year. God. But this year is a little bit different. It's, it's speaking of different, but it's trending up. It is in positive vibes only. Positive vibes only. This is a positive Patriots podcast, and for two weeks in a row, look what we've done. Wait, triple P P P P positive Patriots podcast. <laughs> look at us <laughs> don't look at me oh well, sheesh that's sheesh, a story for another time yeah, so bruno let's kick it off back on thursday night football all right we had a afc south matchup featuring the five and who yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the Colts are five and three the Texans, the Titans were two, six and two. That was a, I don't know what I was just speaking, but it was a lot of a mishbosh. But you got there. Long story short, I'd call it an upset. The Colts ended up winning this one. They doubled up the Titans, 34-17. The Titans looked like the Granby Bears youth football team. Oh, God. Uh, in the second half, putting up 0. 0.0 points. And I'm talking like D division, like they're Ugh. five years old running around with their heads cut off. Sheesh. They looked that bad. So good for the Colts. So that's a huge road win for them to get to six and three. Yeah. I, like you said, I would consider this an upset as well. I think I've said this multiple weeks now. The Colts continue to confuse me. I can't get a grip on them. I've called them frauds. I've unfrauded them. They've had great wins. They've had great losses. I don't even know. The only thing that makes me like have some sort of meaning for this game is that because it's a divisional game, we're well aware that anything can happen in those. So like maybe that has something to do with it, but doesn't take away from the fact that, like you said, it's a great win for them. And like because they're so close in record, that that could be huge coming down to the end of the season for you know division division tiebreakers or you know seeding tiebreakers or whatever it is. Absolutely huge. And I I feel like the Colts are on the up and up, and I feel like the Titans are on the. What is it? Down and down? Is that a thing? I don't know. I, w- I would guess that it, makes sense. It's a thing now. <laughs> um, because remember, they, they were what? 5 and 0 going into that yeah. Steelers, uh, Steelers game. And, and some was- idiot predicted them to win that game. Couldn't be me. I have no idea who it was. And well, they're dead wrong. We're not going to call you an idiot anymore. No more Ooh. idiot talk for Bruno because Ooh. Bruno is kicking my ass the last couple weeks in the picks. 
Oh, again, I don't remember because I'm trying to think about it because I knew how badly I was doing this week. I think I went one and five. Kurt, I'm not going to lie to you. I think I've also had one of those weeks, so I can't really say too much. However, positive vibes only. You got one right. I got one right. <laughs> I did. Let's go. I did. I opened the door for you. The door is open. And I'm trying to walk through while also not hitting my head on the door and then bouncing off it. Well, I'm going to slam it in your face this week. So here Ooh. we go. Okay. Bold um, prediction. But any other takeaways from this game? Um, no, honestly, I don't have a ton. I mean, again, it's kind of like, what is the deal with Ryan Tannehill? It's yep. not like he played necessarily horrible, but I mean, looking at the stats, he only had 147 yards. That's not great. 15 to 27 is not bad. Again, Derrick Henry goes over 100 yards rushing. It's kind of just like, at this point, like what, you know, what Titans team is going to show up? Is it going to be the team at the beginning of the season that was incredibly efficient and seemingly player better defense? Or is it going to be this team that like, again, has those dry spells where they're not putting up points and their defense can't stop anyone. So, yeah. you know, Mike Rabel, it's hard to doubt him, but you know, we'll have to see kind of, you know, how it pre- continues to progress. I thought Naheem Hines was phenomenal in this game. I mean, he rushed for 70 yards. He had 45 yards in the passing game, two touchdowns total, Total uh, difference maker in this one, so good for him. That's a, that's like low key a sneaky good backfield between him and Jonathan yeah. Taylor for the for the Colts. So yeah, for sure. I I don't believe in Philip Rivers. I really haven't believed in him at all this season, and ultimately, I do feel like that will be the Colts' downfall mm-hmm. as they go forward. But that's a good win over the Titans, and we'll see if the Titans can get it back on track because one in three in their last four ain't cutting it. So ain't gonna cut it. Ain't gonna cut it. You know what? Ain't gonna cut it, Bruno. What is that? Me having to watch the Texans or Browns again play each other because that was pathetic. God, yeah. I mean, was some bad weather in Cleveland, but still at the same time, we saw bad weather. You know, we'll talk about this later. Saw bad weather in Patriots Ravens, and that was still a better game than this. So, what a disaster! What was the final score, Kurt? Tell the tell the people. It was ten seven Browns. They uh, the Browns moved to six and three. The Texans dropped to two and seven. We will be seeing the Texans up close and personal Sunday. Yeah, uh, buddy. And I hope the Texans play just like they did this week. Me too, because it wasn't good. The only thing I'll say about this game, and we will not, we will not waste any more time about it, is Nick Chubb yep. not only ruined people's yep. fantasy fantasy seasons potentially, he yep. also cost people thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Ask me why, Bruno. Kurt, how could he possibly have done that? How could he have possibly done that? Well, here's how he did that. Okay, so at the end of the game, the Browns are trying to ice the game. The the Browns run. Nick Chubb off of left tackle. He runs down the left sideline. He's hauling ass. 10, 20. No, wrong way. 20, <laughs> 10, 5, one yard line. He scoots out of bounds. He scoots out of bounds, Bruno. So instead of going into the end zone, okay, and getting all those more fantasy points for his for his uh, owners, he screws them out of points. But the spread in this game was three and a, minus three and a half for the Browns. Bruno, they won by three. Because they just kneeled it out from, they didn't even try. They just kneeled it, knelt, kneel downs the rest of the game, line so that they could take a knee and the game would be over. I get Crazy. it, smart, savvy play, but you're gonna piss a lot of people off, and he pissed off a lot of people. He did, he did. So, uh, you know, again, like he can claim all he wants, did it for the team. I was trying to get the win. Don't care about individual stats. That's a bunch of baloney. You fucking it idiot. You're just stupid. It is. You know what else is a bunch of baloney? What? The fact that Matt Stafford has to be on the goddamn Lions. Oh God. Yeah. Now they were lucky and they mm. snuck out a win against the Washington football team this week, 30 to 27, but Matt Stafford deserves better. And I've said it a lot of times on this podcast. It is a shame. He is stuck in Detroit. 
Yeah, much like continuing on the legacy of Calvin Johnson, of uh, great players being stuck on shitty teams, like you said, Matt Stafford stuck there, battling through the injuries because we know his back this season and last year has been killing him. You know, he has had COVID positive, false positive tests, but then real scares and whatever else. So like you said, they were up, what was it, 21, I think at one point, they were up 24 to three in the yep. third quarter. Yep. Um, and it got all the way back to tied at 24 in the fourth quarter. And I can't imagine as a Lions fan, you thought you were going to still win that game because anytime you see that, it's like, oh, fuck, here we go again. But managed to uh, kind of a crazy last couple minutes there. Looking at the game times, not that I have this memorized, obviously, the Lions hit a field goal with 237 left. Then the the football team, Washington football team, hits a field goal with 16 seconds left. And then the Lions hit a field goal as time expires. So kind of crazy last two minutes there. Yeah, no doubt. And I feel like, you know, this needs to be said about this game. Alex Smith is a goddamn fucking warrior. He is a war daddy. Okay. He, the things he has been able to do this year on literally one leg is absurd. I know, I know he has two, but like, I will never think he has two legs ever again. Nope. Um, this game, 38 of 55 for almost 55, 55 for almost 400 yards. Bananas. It's absurd. His yeah, favorite it, target has been McLaurin. Who's been a yeah, scary been Terry stud. Yeah. He's, he's been, been a good. stud. Yeah. And, uh, I was pulling for Washington. I would like to see them pull that one out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And even Antonio Gibson played well for the WFT as well. Um, they have some pieces there, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how Alex Smith continues to play. Again, like they're two and seven, despite this loss, still in the thick of it for the NFC East uh, division race. So good for them. For the Lions, I mean, it's good to see DeAndre Swift. You know, I think this is the first week where they were like, let's see what this guy can do as like the lead guy. He went off. He had a bunch of you know, bunch of carries, bunch of bunch of yards, bunch of receptions. So good for him. We'll see if he continues to play well for him and fantasy owners who have him. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Lions at four and five, you could consider them in the hunt. Oh, they're, oh, they're in the hunt. They're hunting. You know who else was hunting this week? Who? The Packers. They were hunting some Jaguars. <laughs> oh, the current fucking professional segue as always. We're, the segues have been good this far and uh, we'll see how, as we keep going. We'll now, see. the Packers might have been hunting the Jaguars, Bruno, but for a large majority of this game, the Jaguars were the ones hunting. Yeah, and this kind of felt like a traditional what they call a trap game, to be completely honest. Like the Packers at home playing the Jaguars, who are one of the worst teams in the NFL. You could kind of look at this like they just kind of expected to roll in there, score a million points, and win by like 40. Obviously, they had to work for it, as you said, because the final score only ended up being 24 to 20. So it really was a close game. Um, but you know, I guess most importantly for the Packers is that they came away from the win. We've said it at the, we've said it a million times, the top of the NFC, very, very crowded. So every win is uh, really important there. Yeah. If you would have told me this game was going to be tied at 17 going to the fourth quarter, I would have asked what you were smoking and, yeah. and why it was legal because uh, it's, it shouldn't have been. I would have said, is the boat Blake Bortles still in Jacksonville? If that was, Hey-o. 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 Uh, Marquez Valding Scantling or whatever. How's that? I don't know if that's it. Yeah, MVS. 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 I like that. He, his stat line was absurd. Mm -hmm. Bruno, how many catches did he have? He had a total of four. Kurt, how many yards did he have? Bruno, he had 149 yards. Bananas. I don't, we're not math guys. Don't ask me to do that math, Kurt. I refuse. I'm not going to not tell you to do that, but it's almost 40 yards. It's, It's almost 40 yards of reception. That's pretty pretty good, if I say so myself. Yeah, not bad. 
bad. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> you know what else was bad though? What? Us having to watch the Eagles play again. Ugh, they're just tarsh. They're literally tarsh. It is. T- I, I and some fucking idiot, some tall blonde idiot, with a hometown of Granby, Connecticut, picked the Eagles to beat the Giants this week. What an idiot! <laughs> what a fucking idiot! I mean. The Giants have been competitive in every single game they've played this year. Every game they've played, the Giants have been competitive. Eagles, not so much. And once again, no, no. the Eagles laid a dud. Yeah, and I know I, there are certainly some people that aren't going to be thrilled with me saying this, but shout out a certain Brett LeClaire for saying every single week, when the fuck are the Eagles going to play Jalen Hurts? Because he's been saying it forever, and it's kind of true at this point, because Carson Wentz does not seem to know how to convert a third down, does not seem to know how to throw. He doesn't really seem like he knows what he's doing. He looks like he belongs like on a curling team rather than a football team, because he is he's pathetic. He's, he's a pathetic quarterback. Yeah, Carson Wentz looks like he played college football at like North Dakota State or something. Ayo. Fucking something ridiculous. What year? <laughs> Got him. What year was his like outlier year? Was it 2017, I want to say, where he was like MVP and then got hurt? Yes. Something like that. I yeah, I don't like even remember. But I'm telling you, that that was a outlier because he mm-hmm. sucks. He mm-hmm. sucks, Bruno. Yeah, he's Tarsh. I mean, that's been established. Once once you go Tarsh, you never go Barsh. Wow. I might get that tattooed in my body somewhere. <laughs> well, you know, I just came up with that right now. So feel free to use that as much as you like. All right. Feels good to me. Um, <laughs> did you happen to catch this Lex game, Bruno? Which was this next game you're referring to, my dear Katai? Oh, I think you know. It was Sir Patrick. What the fuck was I trying to say? Oh, I don't know. What were you trying to say? I said Sir Patrick, not Sir Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Eh, close enough. No. <laughs> I want to redo. Okay. No, I'm not doing it again. Okay, fine. But Tom Brady and those boys <laughs> went off in Carolina. Yep. Doubling up yep. the Panthers 46-23. They needed this pretty bad after last week's dud that they laid because they were atrociously bad against the Saints. So this was a really nice mm-hmm. bounce back win for them. Yeah, and honestly, you could kind of have seen this coming. I think I don't think this was our in our pick six, but if it was, I think we both would have probably said that we expected him to have a bounce back game, especially against a team like the Panthers, who you know is competing but still kind of struggling. Um, Panthers, this is kind of know, emblematic. Panthers did have a lead after the first quarter, though. Yeah, true. They did. That, they did uh, put some fight. That up. shocked me. I was watching the game a little bit. I was like, "Are you kidding?" I was like, "There's no way. There's no way the Bucks can lose this game." And then they turned it on. But sorry, keep going. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I mean, you're absolutely right. Um, the Bucks did have to work hard, especially in the third quarter when they kind of took the lead and and kept it there. But um, it's kind of emblematic of their season, the Bucks, or maybe Tom Brady in particular. It feels like there's been high highs and there have been low lows. And obviously last week was by far the lowest of the season for him. I don't know if this was necessarily his highest, but putting up almost 50 points is pretty damn good no matter who you're playing. So, you know, congrats to the Bucks for kind of riding the ship, so to speak. Hey, I, um, I know. Ship. I see you. Oh, to see what you did there. Um, I know the Panthers didn't have uh, Christian McCaffrey. I don't know if that would have made 23 points of a difference, but, you know, that still hurt them, obviously. And also, Teddy Bridgewater got banged up, like, somewhere near the end of the game, right? Yeah. So that that sucks for them. But, you know, again, it's an- another win for the Bucks, keeping pace with the other top teams, like I said, for the Packers. So And they're going to need to keep pace because the Buccaneers have some ground to make up now that they lost both games to the Saints in the yep. NFC South. Like, the yep. Buccaneers royally, royally 
hurt their chances to win that division by losing that last that last week to uh, the Saints. And what's kind of crazy when you think about it is like if you're a division winner, right? You have a chance to be one through four seed. But if you're second place and it could be only by game or by tiebreaker, you're automatically fifth or lower, right? Which is like kind of crazy when you think. Yeah, about it's it. it is crazy. Um, so we'll see. I can you? Oh, <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Can you imagine if the Buccaneers are the fifth seed and they have to play the NFC East? winner in that first round yeah yeah i mean that that is a you could even argue that's a likely scenario no it's going to be a massacre massacre. oh my god kurt but what if it's the giants against tom brady in the playoffs oh fuck just saying joe judge i didn't think about that kurt i'm just that was a missed opportunity by me (laughs) well you know missed no more my good sir bruno what do you think about ronald jones's 90 what was it, 94-yard touchdown run? Yeah, something absolutely incredible. I mean, obviously, it was great. That's a big reason why he had 192 yards when, like, 90-plus of them came on one play. But still, I mean, I didn't see that coming. I don't know if many people did. Good for him. Yeah, no, that was really impressive, I thought. I mean, he was – obviously, Carolina loaded the box, and once he kind of got past that second wave, he was gone. But the ability for him to outrun defensive backs, I thought, was incredibly impressive. So, yeah, shout-out to that boy. Yeah, especially because Leonard Fournette doesn't seem to be playing well. So uh, the job looks like his to take. Yeah, Fournette not playing well. Shady McCoy's been a bust. Antonio Brown got going this week. He did. But he did. Did you see the headlines? Oh, God. Yeah. The thing like with the the video cameras he smashed or whatever smashed it is, something video like cameras, that. cameras, threw a bike at a security guard in the gated community. Yeah. Yikes. It sounds like he's on back on his bullshit. Oh, it sounds like. Was he ever off his that, I was going to say that next, but you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> That's called chemistry, baby. Yeah, Not math guys, but we are chemistry guys. Oh yeah, this is true. Not math, chemistry guys. Yep. Um, but yeah, no good for the. Well, speaking of chemistry, oh damn it, I was trying to guess your segue. <laughs> keep going, keep going, keep going. I don't know where <laughs> you you do a damn segue. Your turn. You go. All right. Well, speaking of going, uh, Derek Carr and the Raiders definitely got going this week against the Broncos. Oh, that was a pretty big win, thirty-seven to twelve. Round of applause for Bruno. That was good. Bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. Who's the realest person in the room? Bruno. I think you are because if I'm not mistaken, if you went one and five this week, I think this was the one game you got right because I kind of remember picking the Broncos. I think you took the Raiders. You're right. <laughs> well, I'm trying to give you yeah, credit. You know, you're right. The Raiders, I mean, the Broncos looked so incompetent and it just makes me cringe. It makes me cringe that that's the fucking team yep. the Patriots lost to. Oh, yeah. That's a humiliating loss. A terrible loss. A terrible, terrible loss. Yeah. And the rate, but the, but, the win against the Raiders looks more and more impressive each week. True. That's true. So it's kind of a, a upside downside. Josh Jacobs went off. Yep. Bruno. And he Oh sorry, yeah, I keep going. I know we're chemistry guys, but I'm going to I'm going to turn this into a little trivia, okay? Ooh, okay, okay. You like trivia? Um only if I'm good at it. Well, well fair enough, me too. <laughs> Who did Josh Jacobs when he was at Alabama? Okay. Whose job yeah. did he take to become a starter? So I'm thinking of another. Oh, is it Damian Harris? It Damian Harris. Oh, God. I was wondering where that but, was going. No, Damian Harris was a starter for three years, and uh, he lost his job to Josh Jacobs. But, I mean, Josh Jacobs is that is that dude. Josh Jacobs is, is that dude. Yeah. But so is Damian yeah. Harris. Yeah, true. I like what you did there. Yeah, I mean, this was just one of those games. I think in the pick six pick, if you watched, we both kind of talked about how 
like the Broncos are kind of Jekyll and Hyde team. The Raiders are almost similar in that. And so this is just, I think you just accurately predicted which side the pendulum was going to swing because the Raiders certainly haven't looked as good every week. The Broncos have kind of looked kind of bad for the most part, but the Raiders have not looked as good every week, but they looked really, really good. Like you said, Josh Jacobs went off. Even Devontae Booker, shout out, he used to be on the Broncos. So that's a, a revenge game for Devontae Booker. He had two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So adding uh, insult to injury. So, you know, good win for the uh, the Raiders there. Yeah, Drew Locke just looked like an incompetent boob most of the game too. Yeah. So didn't he get hurt at the end or banged yeah. up or something? At yeah, the so very end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's normal for him. I feel like so. True. True. Um, here's speaking of our pick six matchups. You, Ooh. no, I'll back up. Me, I have I said on our lives on our Instagram live that I've picked against the Dolphins every time, and I've been <laughs> wrong every time. <laughs> well. Hell has not frozen <laughs> because I was wrong again. The Dolphins, oh. the Dolphins take down the Chargers 29-21. Los Angeles Chargers have another game, but lose by one score. Okay, by one score. But the Dolphins, surprise pick of the AFC, I think, at 6-3. and three. Yeah, you nailed it, 100%. I think they are, not only are they the surprise pick, but they are even justifying you know, that decision, we all were criticizing the moment going from Fitzpatrick to Tua, but now Tua all of a sudden's three and own his first three games, obviously playing really well. It's not, you know, it's, you can't say it's hundred percent fits or hundred percent Tua. that doesn't work like that, obviously, but the dolphins just as a team, the belief is there. I think you can see it in their play and their players. What a job Brian Flores has done coaching them up. So all of a sudden, like good thing, the bills kind of picked it up recently. Well, maybe not this week, but you know, last week and hopefully moving forward. Cause if not, I mean, it's going to be a very interesting AFC East battle coming up with, like you said, the dolphins picking up steam. Absolutely, and don't forget the Patriots have to play the Dolphins and the Bills and the Jets one more time. So oh, yeah. um, there's a lot of there's a lot of shit to get settled in the AFC East. But I like it when the AFC East is competitive and good for the Dolphins. Like you mentioned, you said all the right things. Brian Flores, what a job he's done with that team in just two years. That defense looked fast. They looked mm -hmm. fast this weekend. They were flying around. They did that ame amoeba defense yep. that the Patriots did last year so much where. They don't have anyone with their hand in the dirt on the line of scrimmage on defense, and they're all like pretending like they're going to blitz. Are they going to drop out of coverage? What's going to happen? And then like they rush almost everyone. Yeah, <laughs> so they, it was it was really cool to see. Um, while Tua has played well, I don't think he's like the determining factor of why the Dolphins are True. playing well. Uh, very very pedestrian stat line: fifteen and twenty five, one hundred sixty nine yards. Did did toss two touchdowns, but just a very average stat line which is fine stat line's not going to tell you everything but like he hasn't done too too much that's been like wow like right it hasn't been joe burrow it hasn't been right. that type of play from him even before. herbert yeah even herbert it's just been it's just been steady consistent play very much like i would say cam newton is like very doesn't like cam newton recently i'd say because you know Tua hasn't turned the ball over he's been very safe with his throws he's made the right reads he's made the right throws um, but yeah, good for him. Three and O as a starter in the NFL. That's that is not easy to do. Yeah, and shout out this random ass stat. Uh, Salvin Ahmed from the Dolphins, random running back, undrafted out of Washington, just starts and all of a sudden has twenty one carries, eighty five yards, and a touchdown. So uh, if you started him in fantasy this week, congrats to you. Who started him in fantasy? Oh, I, don't, I have no idea. I'm just saying, if you're the point zero zero one percent of people who did, good for you. Oh, I was like, who was the brainiac who did that? Yeah, not not me. But me either. I lost both weeks. Shout out to Bruno for beating me in fantasy. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but uh, hey, thank you, Kurt. Thank you. We're one and one in the season. 
I told hey. you it was going to happen. Your team is too good to lose so many games. I appreciate that. Our our wonderful commissioner just released the playoff percentages over these last three weeks. You are sitting pretty, I think, at like 99.5% of making the playoffs. So no, you're, I'm already you're, in. Or whatever. You're already in. Whatever. We knew that already. You're, you're one of the best teams in the league. I, though, 25.18% chance of making the playoffs. Your boy is gearing up for a Hanukkah miracle. Hanukkah miracle, baby. The Jewish <laughs> daggers ready to fight. Ready to fucking get in these playoffs, baby. Yeah, he's he's deployed with his dreidel and everything. He's ready to Ooh. rock. I'm ready to roll. Oh, yes. Damn. Damn. <laughs> We're good. You know what I? You know what I? Uh, I feel like I saw the play of like my lifetime this week. Yep. Oh, yep. I know where you're going. And it came from this next game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Josh Allen throws a nice pass to this. To Stephon Diggs with 34 seconds to go in this game. He puts the Bills up over the Cardinals late. Been a back and forth game. A really great football game. Okay. I'm like, damn, Bills did it. I was like, I picked the right team. We we both picked the Bills this week, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, yeah, wow, like what a good game. Nope. Kyler and my boy D Hop had some other plans. Okay. There's 11 seconds to go. I believe the ball's on like the 40 yard line of the Bills. So they have 40 yards to go. No timeouts. I'm thinking, no, they're probably going to set up like a 10-yard out and try to get one more throw yeah. to the end zone. Yeah. But what a fucking idiot would think that. <laughs> okay. Kyler Murray avoids a rush, rolls left, throws across his body, down to the end zone, and wouldn't you know it, DeAndre Hopkins, in triple coverage, goes up, and as he said, dunked on their heads, mm-hmm. makes the catch, Cardinals win, one second on the clock, game over. Kurt. It was absolutely incredible from the whole perspective of the play. Because in the beginning of that play, Kyler had to basically escape like a pretty much near sack where he like the play was almost over because he got sacked. He rolls out to his left and just kind of like heaves up a bomb. But it like it was a it wasn't like a, it almost felt like not a pass that was random or just like a prayer. It kind of just felt like he was like, I see hop and I'm throwing it to him because it was like a great pass. And like it was like the perfect it was just like the perfect pass and perfect catch. It was amazing. Did you see? Kyler's tweet after the game? Uh, maybe. What did it say? He I said, forget. like, sheed, like with a D. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, D hop down there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's also true. Yep. He's like, I mean, if I had, <laughs> let's not forget, would you, if, if you're the Texans, Bruno, Texans, okay? Mm. I'm a, whoa. Well, yeah, Texans. You happy with David Johnson right now? I think they're absolutely ecstatic that they traded DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of Tarsh. A bag of tarsh. While your while your ex is out there going to making the the best play of the NFL season. Yeah, that's uh, you know you you really hate to see it if you're a Texans fan. Yeah, what a game! Unbelievable game! Congrats to both those teams on some excitement this weekend. Uh, Cardinals come to town in just two weeks, Bruno. Our team versus our team, Kurt. I know which our team I'm rooting for, Kurt. I'm don't spoil it. I Save won't. that for a tease. I won't spoil. It. You know who's been spoiling me? Oh, God, who? Well, in the past, Russell Wilson, but he stopped. Oh, yeah. Because he played like shit in the last couple of weeks. This was a surprise, Kurt. What happened? What game are we talking about? Well, right we're now? talking about the Rams and the Seahawks, where the Rams win by a touchdown, 23-16. And on our pick six, we both took the Seahawks. But I thought, Bruno, I, I said this in the pick six, I thought you were trying to convince yourself to take the Rams. And I, I guess, you know what? My brain works in mysterious ways, Kurt, because it might have sensed what was coming, and then my idiot, well, if my brain didn't, 
I don't know how brains work. I'm just going to leave it at that, or mine especially. But anyways, I took the Seahawks. I thought the Rams had played a soft schedule. Didn't think they beat anyone good. Turns out they just beat the Seahawks, who I'm assuming they're good. We'll see at the end of the season, obviously, but I'm assuming they're good. So, like, this is a weird game. This is kind of like what I said earlier for, like, sometimes what happens in divisional games. I don't know if you can say that every time, but it. I don't know. Maybe the Rams just have their number. I, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think about this game? Perhaps. I just thought Russell Wilson played bad. He had three interceptions in this game. Back-to-back loss for the Seahawks okay and they have they're going no no no. the Cardinals are coming to town next week for them that's a team they've already lost this year Mm -hmm. so they're they're teetering on the brink of potentially losing three games in a row which I you'd have to start sounding some alarms there because they just haven't played like they did in the first half of this or the beginning of the season now I will say Mm. their defense has sucked year-round we knew that yep but their yep. offense is doing enough to carry them. Yep. Well, this week, Jalen Ramsey absolutely shut down DK Metcalf. Yep. Russell Wilson throws three picks. The offense, and I know Chris Carson was out. Their rushing game, their running attack wasn't prolific like it, it can be. And the Seahawks just looked so meh on offense. And if they're meh on offense, they're going to lose games because their defense stinks. Yeah, it's almost reminiscent. Again, it's not enough data to tell because the season has yet to play out. But remember last year when the first like eight games, our defense was playing at a historic level and we were like, oh, fuck, there's no way we're not going to play like this the whole season. Right. And then it didn't. Obviously, it kind of reminds me of that where the Seahawks on a, on a lesser scale, their offense was playing at like a historic level. And it was like, holy shit, there's no way they're not going to play like this all year. And then lo and behold. They they're not so. Yeah. What well, like you said, that's a that's a great way of putting it. We'll we'll see if their offense can continue to get back to their expectations that they set from those first couple of weeks. I want to revisit though one thing you said earlier about them both losing and also the Cardinals coming to town. Fun factor: the Seahawks six and three, the Rams six and three, the Cardinals six and three. That is nutty. And if the Rams win next week, and the, I'm assuming the Cardinals win because they're playing the Seahawks, the Seahawks will go from first place at six and one to third place at six and four in a matter of three weeks. Yeah, that's bananas. Yeah, um, crazy. And I, 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 I think I'm rooting for Seattle to beat the the Cardinals next week just because our team. Yeah, but they're gonna play the Patriots next week. I don't know. I just you're gonna be rooting against our team two weeks. Well, I'm assuming two weeks in a row. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't I, know I am. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is what it is, it is i it is. i don't know i just that was a great game but um i was really disappointed not a great game the cardinals game was great the Seahawks right. game was trash yep i i will say though it was impressive on the rams front the rams defense played i agree really, really well they stepped up big time they deserve a lot of credit silencing a lot of people like me who said they had played a soft schedule this is a great win for them great win for them absolutely um the poor 49ers bruno i they just Bruh. This, the amount of injuries they've had this year, they just can't put a solid football team on the field right now. Showed this week. Saints go out and beat them 27-13. Story of this game is not the fact that the Saints win. It's the fact that Drew Brees got injured. Um, a couple takeaways yep. from me, Bruno. Okay? So I'm ready. Drew Brees will be out for a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, he broke a couple ribs, for those of you who don't know, and he mm-hmm. collapsed his lung during a game. Not great. I'd simply say we're not medical guys, but that's not good. No, no, exactly. But I was shocked that Jameis Winston got the nod over Taysom Hill. Me too. What does Taysom Hill make as their backup? Like $12 million or something? Yes, enough to justify starting. Yeah, and Jameis Winston is on a you know, one-year deal. Prove it, like yeah. low money deal. And I was like, my God, like why 
Yeah. New Orleans signed Hill to a two-year extension, making him the highest-paid backup quarterback in the NFL. His deal will be $21 million with $16 million guaranteed. Right. And you go to Jameis Winston? Yeah. I. The only thing I can think of is if the Saints are kind of low-key being like, we're also auditioning Jameis to be the quarterback of the future. But like you said, with the way Taysom Hill has been playing and what you're paying him, it feels weird that it's Jameis that's getting the nod. Right. And like if and when Drew Brees calls it quits at the end of the season, you're not, I've you've been feeding the bullshit that Taysom Hill's the next guy. Is that not true? Right. Exactly. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Uh, me either. Maybe Sean Payton <laughs> doesn't either. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. But a good win for the Saints. Alvin Kamara is a wizard with the ball in yep. his hand, and uh the 49ers are falling quickly into free fall. Yeah, especially with how good we just said their division is, so sucks for them. Yeah. Um next game, total snooze fest. Steelers went to nine and oh. They pooped down the Bengals' throats, 36-10. Uh, had some human centipede shit in that one because that was that was embarrassing by the Bengals. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Don't have a lot of takeaways from this game. Kind of expect this to happen if you just have been watching the NFL and these two teams recently. I'll say Bet- Big Ben kind of had some COVID scares leading up to this week, and then he comes out and throws four touchdowns, so clearly he's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I'm hoping that the Steelers are going to lose sooner rather than later. But Kurt, at this rate, I don't know. Well, speaking of that, they have the Jaguars this week, so that's a win. Okay. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So what that'd be ten and zero. Okay. Yep. With ten zero, then they have the Ravens, big one. Then Oof. they're versus Washington. That's probably yeah. a win. Yeah. Then they're at the Bills, tough one. At the Bengals, win. Colts, Browns. There is a real chance they go undefeated. Wait, Kurt, what the fuck? I didn't need you to tell me that right now. That's fucked up. There's a real chance. Are we? Dare I say? Do we have to root for the Ravens? Yeah. In that game. Yes, that's disgusting. Plus, that hurt that, but no, rooting for the Ravens is good. That helps our playoff stock. Well, true, but oh, Kurt, that's that they like that is a way more realistic chance of going undefeated than I thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sheesh. Sheesh. Maybe Big Ben will get hurt. He always does. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Speaking <laughs> of injuries, speaking of getting hurt, Nick Foles. Uh oh. Uh, yeah, that looked bad. Bad. Uh, not as bad as the Bears' offensive performance, though. They lose to the Vikings 19-13. to Kirk Cousins gets his first win on Monday Night Football. Absolutely elite. Not, I uh, mean, he did enough to get you the know who, job done, but. But you know who is elite? Who? Justin Jefferson. True. 135 you know yards. And Kurt, may I ask you to remind the people once again, what is your connection to Justin Jefferson? That he broke my heart. Well, not him. He wasn't his fault. The right. Vikings broke my heart when they picked him the pick in front of the Patriots this year. Right. And the Patriots wanted him and then had to trade out of the spot. Should we just add his stats and touchdowns to our stats and touchdowns? Yes, I'm in. Okay. Let's stats guy. Mark that down. We'll give Gunnar Olszewski to the Vikings. Oh. <laughs> we get Justin Jefferson back. Fair. Fair is fair. Kurt, who says no? Not me. I don't say no. Not I. Not I, not you, not me. <laughs> I have nothing else to say about this game. It's like watching yeah. paint dry, watching the Bears offense. Yep. And um, technically, the Bears are in the hunt based on their record. But I would more say that the Vikings now with this win are more in the hunt than the Bears, even though they're a half game back. Right. Well, the Bears have lost four in a row or three yeah. in a row. Mm, four. I think they're five and one. Now they're five and five. Yeah. Not good. Not good. Uh, I, Bruno, it has mm-hmm. to be asked. Okay. Ask away. Do the Bears and do and does Matt Nagy call Bill Belichick and offer a first round pick for Jacoby Myers to be their quarterback. I think that it might have to be two first round picks. It might have to be because Jacoby Myers is that dude. 
Mm. First of all, before we get into it, great segue. Perfect. Fucking love it, Kurt. Electric. Let's get into some Patriots talk here, Bruno. We deserve it. We deserve it. We deserve it. This is for us. Positive vibes only led to this. Positive vibes only did lead to this. We were positive last week on the podcast. I said it. I was like, I think the Patriots are playing their asses off. And I said, if if being down by 10 going to the fourth quarter against the Jets is them working their asses off, then that's just what it is this year. Yep. But boy, oh boy, did we get that signature Patriots win. And Bruno, I'm going to go out there and say this is the best win the Patriots have had since the Super Bowl against the Rams. Like, period. Because last year, if you think about who the teams they beat, okay, yeah, they beat Pittsburgh on opening night and they smoked them, okay? But after that, who did they play that was a good football team that they beat? They didn't beat anybody. They lost to the Ravens. They lost to the Chiefs. They lost to all these teams. They lost to the... No, they didn't lose to the Bills. They beat the Bills. That was a good win. But like it, they lost the Dolphins. It's just like they didn't play yeah. that well last year. And I think this win was was super impressive. Super, super impressive. What's your initial takeaway? No, I, I'm 100% with you. I You were making me think with that that statement right there. And I, I like I hadn't thought about that. But now that you're saying that, that's kind of true. Like we really haven't beaten because, yeah, like obviously we lost in the playoffs. So we really haven't beaten a great team like this in a while. So the, the most exciting thing for me is that this kind of evens out some of the preseason expectations because I'm sure we did not have the Broncos penciled in as a loss, but I don't think we have the Ravens penciled in as a win. So not only is this a great win, it kind of evens out some of that, like what we expected coming into the year. And again, like you said, this has been a roller coaster of a season. We've had some lows. We are all aware we've had some lows, especially the 49ers and the Broncos and all those games, right? But now, hopefully, like you're saying, positive vibes only, this is a gigantic step back in the right direction because i think if we had lost this game not that it would have been over but like no, with the way over. the dolphins and bills are playing it was over. it's gonna be tough yeah so this is huge for us and uh bruno can you say winning streak because we're on one kurt winning streak winning streak uh i i i know some people out there disagree i know some close personal friends out there disagree but i'm gonna say it again i want number one as my quarterback here in new england next season I, and again, the way he's been stepping up recently makes it hard to disagree because at his peak, when he fixes his kind of mechanics, when he makes good decisions, when he's more decisive about when he wants to run, having just that like elite quarterback in terms of being able to both throw it accurately far down the field and all that stuff and also being to run when he's playing as well as he can play. It's kind of hard to stop Cam Newton. I'm going to be honest. I am. A, and, you know, what he does on the field, he is a, he is an athletic specimen he's a freak he is what he is i am more in love with cam newton off the field than i am wow. on the field and i you know how i feel about tom brady the way i look up to him and admire him and respect him cam is a better leader than tom brady ever was for the patriots and wow. that's not me being nearsighted it's not me being like you know living in the moment that cam new like cam newton's press conferences are must see tv the way he picks up his teammates, the way he only places blame on himself, the way he respects his coaches. And I know they're still in the honeymoon phase, right? I get that. I get that. But it's it's really awesome to see Cam has fully bought in to the Patriots and the Patriots have fully bought into Cam. And it, I proved my point again today. Bill Belichick had a comment on his, on his press conference saying like, absolutely gushing about cam newton saying that he's been like just such a pro since he got here and they couldn't be happier that he's here and 
they, they appreciate all the hard work he's put in. And it just seems like it's trending in the direction that he's going to be here next year. And the offense is, if this, if this is the identity, I feel like the Patriots kind of found their identity the last two weeks. Okay. It's going to be, Hey, you know, we're going to run the football, but we're big, we're bad and we're boys. And we're going to run the ball down your throats. And that's just the way it is. They have a fucking dope offensive line. The offensive line is fantastic. Okay. Cam Newton, we talk about the numbers game in the past. We talk about how he changes things from a schematic standpoint on defense. Okay. You have Cam Newton. You have an incredibly impressive, stable running backs. Okay. I get you have nothing at tight end right now. I get you have nothing at wide receiver, really. Okay. Or limited options, I should say. That was rude. But become a team that focuses on your running back and your quarterback and use your offensive line to your strength. The defense for the Ravens was like the number three ranked defense in the NFL this year. Okay. In a wet, rainy game in Gillette, they knew the Patriots were going to run the ball. They knew. They stacked the box, run blitzes, eight in the box, nine in the box at times. They knew the Patriots were going to run. The Patriots ran the ball anyway, and they averaged like seven yards per carry for the first three quarters. That's a, that is ridiculous. They that The offense ridiculous. completely dictated that, that game through the first three quarters. Yeah, and I think, you know, this isn't necessarily the first time this has ever been said, but it bears worth saying. Having this run offense be the as good as it is and establishing it and kind of making it our identity only helps when we're trying to establish our, our throwing game as well. Because like you said, instead of stacking the secondary and doing all these coverages and doing all these things to make it even more impossible for Cam to throw, now opponents are legitimately going to have to worry about and respect our run game because clearly, like... Again, like you said, over the last two weeks, we've kind of been like, hey, unless you can stop us, we're going to do this until it's not working. That's only going to open up the passing game even more moving forward, which, again, with Jacoby Myers kind of burst onto the scene recently with some of the other guys playing well, like Bird and hopefully Edelman when he comes back healthy and all this good stuff. It's only going to do wonders for that pass game, which honestly needs as much help as it can get. Yeah, dude, he was he was phenomenal. He was he was phenomenal. And I'm. Again, we talk about the stat line. If you look at his stat line, no, not nothing to be too too impressed with. However, he did throw into the into the wind and the rain, just like Lamar did. But it was it was really impressive the way that Cam made the right reads. Made all he he only missed one throw, and it was the the should have been touchdown to Jacoby Myers in the end zone. Myers was wide open. Cam didn't set his feet. Tried to roll out of the pocket. Missed him. Wet ball. Whatever. But. We talked so much about how how well I maybe we didn't talk about it, but the Ravens blitz more than any team in the NFL, and Cam this season has really struggled against the blitz in terms of pushing the ball down the field a little bit. So against the blitz this year, Cam had averaged five point one yards per throw, yards per attempt. Okay, that's not good. Typically, you want to be around. I know it doesn't seem like a big difference. But like if you're up around seven and a half, that's a huge difference. Okay, that's at least you know staying ahead of the chains. Well, the Ravens blitzed the fuck out of Cam again this week. And the Patriots probably knew it was coming. And he averaged eight point something yards per attempt. So he was able to make the right reads, make the throws against the blitz. And it was impressive. What he did was impressive this game. And I, you know, when you had to have some plays, like there was a third down, third and five late in the game, hits Jacoby Myers. There was a third and four, hits Jacoby Myers. Uh, a big second down earlier in the game finds Ryan is over 25 yards. Okay. Like Cam was making the right throws. And I think it was promising. If you match that, like you mentioned with Edelman, hopefully coming back and Demir bird and Nikhil Harry starting to mix himself back in and Jacoby Myers, who has emerged as this 
you know, number two receiver probably once Edelman comes back, you're going to have a, a decently potent offense when you mix in Damian Harris and Rex Burkhead. So I think that for me, that's where I want to segue to next is what are your thoughts on the Patriots running backs from this game? I mean, I think you and I were talking about it as well in that Sony Michelle is working his way back from an injury and we're, we have to see like, I don't know if he's coming back this week or soon or whatever his status is. Like we knew that he was going to be back at some point and we were both kind of wondering like, what is he going to come back to? Because we were wondering how Damon Harris is going to play. We talked about how before the season, they were talking about how in the rookie camp, Damian Harris was like the most impressive Patriot, right? And then we had been hearing he hurt his hand at the start of the season, obviously got put up behind a little bit. We were all kind of wondering like once he was healthy and once he was back and once Bill kind of was like, all right, I'm going to give this guy a shot, what was going to happen? We're seeing kind of like what we can hopefully come to expect from Harris like moving forward for years to come, right? Because he is dynamic. He is fast. He hits the hole. He finds like the right, you know, finds the right path to take on some of these runs. He's good at following the offensive line. Like you said, some of it is probably the offensive line just being bullies and being those dudes and opening them up. So like, I'm not gonna say it's all Harris, but hey, like we've seen running backs like have, there's like a giant hole to the left and they go to the right and get zero yards, right? So you can give credit to Harris for hitting the holes hard and and getting through and, and making good decisions. But then again, like he is strong. He has yards after ta- after the tackle. He, you know, it takes a lot to tackle him. So I really like what I'm seeing from Damian Harris. And then, like you said, it's only complimentary with the other guys, right? Burkhead, he's going crazy with some of these routes out of the backfield. He's good at picking up blitz. You know, you also have James White. We have a lot of we have a lot of diverse backs. And I think the biggest question mark, you know, I like all of them and they are all playing well, especially Harris. The biggest question mark is for Sony Michelle, who had the role that Harris has when he comes back. What is that going to look like? But I mean, that's a good problem to have. So but here's the thing. Does he even come back? So Bill Belichick was asked this today on his press conference. Sony Michelle has been off of IR for two weeks. So that means he's been practicing. So that from the minute you start practicing, once you return from IR, you have three weeks to be activated. It's been two and he has not been activated yet. So hmm. I'm wondering. So the, if the Patriots don't activate Sony Michelle by Saturday, He's done for the entire year. Oh, shit. And I'm wondering if that might potentially happen because you have you have Sony Michelle. I mean, you have Damian Harris, you have Rex Burkhead, and you have James White. I would like to see them activate him just because he – I made the joke during the game. I was like, Sony Michelle should never touch the fucking ball again for the Patriots. But Sony Michelle was actually playing – very well when he got hurt like he had a very very good game the game he got hurt and just from a pure depth standpoint let's just say damian harris re-breaks his hand right i don't know if i want rex burkhead who's been very injury prone himself to be getting all the carries you know so from right. that standpoint i think it's important to get sony michelle back and activated over one of these joe schmo guys on defense or something well, that was going to be my other question to you, right? There isn't there. I don't know the exact rules, but there's limits to how many players you can activate from IR. So I guess that's the only other consideration. Normally, right? like, not this year. Oh, not this year. Not you can you can put as many guys in IR as you want and bring them all back because of COVID. So it's just the only decision is a roster spot for him. Yeah, that's so it would be like you decision? cut Carl Carl Davis, a defensive tackle, oh, Sonny Michelle can come back. 
in that standpoint, then I agree. I would be if there was limit limited IR spots like normal, then it becomes a lot more complicated. If it's like you said, now that it's it's unlimited this year, I agree with you. I'm very much in favor, if not for a purely a depth perspective. Yeah. And like you said, like it's not like he was necessarily playing horrible. Like obviously Damian Harris has been really, really good. That doesn't mean Sonny Michelle was playing bad. It just, you know, Damian Harris is playing better. Yeah, absolutely. And I I've been so impressed by Rex Burkhead, and I think I've said that every year he's been a Patriot, but he just, everything he does, he does it 100%. He does it well. Like, it's a stereotypical do your job. Rex Burkhead does his job. You mentioned blitz pickup. He's great in blitz pickup. He's great out of the backfield catching passes. He's great running the ball. He had such, I mean, it's a it's a play that's so easily forgotten about, but um, he catches two touchdowns in this game. That's what you'll remember. But there was a, uh, I think it was the third quarter, okay? The Ravens were flirting back and into the game a little bit. and I mean, the game was always close, but, like, it, I think it was 23-10, 20-10 or something, Patriots. And the Ravens were, were coming. They were coming. And there was a second down and 10. And the Patriots ran it with Burkhead, who broke a tackle behind the line of scrimmage and then ended up getting nine yards. And the Patriots kept going. They ended up scoring three points that drive or something. But uh, if if we hadn't gotten a good pickup on that second down, it's third and eight, third and nine. Uh, you're looking at a throw, which probably in the rain ain't going to do you too too much good. You're going to get the ball right back to Baltimore. It's just those little plays like that that Rex Burkhead continues to make over the course of his Patriots career, and I'm just so thoroughly impressed by him that I'm I'm all for it. Use your backs to your advantage, and I think Josh McDaniels Josh McDaniels has done a wonderful job doing so this season. Yeah, and that's a perfect segue to something else I wanted to talk about. We definitely had a stretch, and it's not like we're perfect right now by any means, but we had a stretch in recent games where you and I both were like, what the fuck are these play calls? What are these play designs? What are we doing? All right, And it's and again, I don't want to say after this game it's completely eliminated, but from what we've seen recently, I feel way better about what the you know decisions being made for what we want to do on offense and what plays we want to run. You know, and again, certainly being able to run the ball almost at will like this certainly helps because then that gives you much more flexibility in your play calls. But even for some of the passes, even with the Jacoby Myers pass that you mentioned earlier, like I, I've liked a lot more what we've seen from the Patriots from a Josh McDaniels play design and then you know and executing the play calls on the field. I've liked it a lot better over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I agree 100%. Did you catch during the broadcast what Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth said about um you know how they do like their meetings before that they, they're uh they they meet with the Patriots, they meet with the Ravens and they just they just talk, they chat. Yep. Uh they said they were talking with McDaniels and McDaniels said, "Well, I know the weather's going to be bad, especially late in the game. You're going to see my best plays in this game early. Like I'm like I'm not going to sit on them because yeah. there might not be a chance we can run them late in the game. So I uh, I thought that was telling because the Patriots did. They they had like the t- first touchdown to Rex fake jet sweep to Demir bird. They yep. hand off Rex in the flat, makes a nice play, turns the corner touchdown. The obviously the trick play with Myers to start the, to start the third quarter. Um, you, you saw some razzle dazzle from the Pats. And I, I, a lot of that, I think was McDaniels. Like I know what's coming and it's f- shout out B rad. Shout out Brad, Bradfield Weather Podcast. Um, mm. He was like, oh, that there's going to be a band that's going to hit real hard somewhere in the fourth quarter. He didn't know when, but somewhere in the fourth quarter. Ideally, it happened on the last drive for the Ravens, so that's great. I mean, it poured all game, but like it was a monsoon, that last drive for the Ravens. 
Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's something else I wanted to talk about too. So yes, I'm loving all the jokes about Bill Belichick being a weather wizard, controlling the weather. If you didn't watch the game, like Kurt said, it was pouring all game, but it was objectively hilarious watching the broadcast and the last drive for the Ravens because they, you know, even if Lamar is good, even if the Ravens are good, they basically had zero chance with the what, how much it was raining on that last drive. It was so bad. So again, love all the jokes. Would love it if secretly Ernie Adams is pulling the weather strings like Buffalo Wild Wings or whatever and making it rain. I don't care. That's funny. However, what I don't appreciate is what we saw a lot of after the game where people were just like, oh, didn't count. They were playing in a monsoon. Uh, fact check, Kurt. Were the Patriots also playing in the monsoon? Yes. And did the Patriots also play objectively very well with the run game and the trick plays and all the stuff we just talked yes. about? Yes. Did the Patriots also like have like eight bad snaps from their center? No. Exactly. No. So I, I don't like this narrative being created after the game where it's just almost like a, a loss that like either doesn't a win that doesn't count for the Patriots or a loss that doesn't count for the Ravens just because of the bad weather. Yes, it affected the game, but it affected both teams. And you saw the Patriots much better deal with it than you saw the Ravens. Yeah, no doubt. And it's it's funny. I did see all of the things from like the Patriots beat writers who said like it is raining comically hard, like just yeah. like during the TV <laughs> break before the Ravens started that last drive. They're like. I don't know what just happened, but like the, the skies opened up and I, yeah. like, I picture Ernie Adams in his office, like just yep. smiling, <laughs> just smashing the button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, literally so funny. One last quick thing on the uh, Patriots running backs. Okay. Yep. This was tweeted by Mike Reese at 1020 of the, during the game per NFL next gen stats when facing an eight plus defenders in the box. Okay. Damian Harris has nine carries for 60 yards, averaging almost seven yards per carry. When there are eight or more guys at the line or in the box. That that should not be possible, Kurt. That literally just should not be possible. And it's not like they're playing the Jets like last week. They're playing right. the number three defense in the NFL who's getting up the least rushing yards in the NFL. Exactly. So that just shows me this is this is the identity. Start just just fucking ex- accept it and let's go. Kurt, shout out to all my Mandalorian fans. This is the way. This is the way. Jacoby Myers is the way. Mm. And it's I, I don't I get we said it last week. I don't know how he didn't get more playing time because he has been so good and it's so clear he's Cam's number one target. Like the chemistry they have is is wild. And then I saw this tonight, like literally minutes, minutes before we started the podcast. OK, I'm ready. Pro football focus, who does a very cool job, you know, rating players and rating performances, blah, blah, blah. You know, you might agree with it. You might not. But they talk about the highest graded wide receivers of 2020. With a minimum, yep. minimum of like 300 snaps. So, like, you know, yep. they played a lot. Devontae Adams, number one, 92.1. No, no, no surprise. Justin Jefferson, number two, my boy. Oh, God, not again, Kurt. 90.8. Who's the number three wide receiver in the NFL, Bruno? Kurt, I have a feeling I know, but let me hear it. Jacoby Myers. Let's fucking go, Let's baby. Let's fucking go. The man deserves credit, Bruno. He deserves credit. Give him it. Give him it. Who, who needs to hear it, Kurt? Give him I'm gonna, it. I'm going to heap it on him. I'm gonna, he, I just, he comes up so clutch, and he seems just so calm, cool, collected. And I know we talk about that trick play. If you go back and watch when he th- when he released that ball, where Burkhead was and where the de- where the defender was, oh my God. that throw was in, in a basket. You, and Kurt, that's a great point you mentioned because we see a lot of like non-quarterbacks throwing passes, and a lot of the times they work because it's unexpected and the person they're throwing to is wide open, so it doesn't have to be a great pass. It just has to get there. You know what I mean? This was not the case. 
this was a dime of a throw from Jacoby Myers. People forget uh, a number a two star recruit, a two star quarterback at NC State. Hey, there's it, hmm, Kurt. Have we ever heard of a Patriots receiver who played quarterback in college? Mm, Julian mm. Edelman, perhaps. <laughs> Julian Edelman, seventh round pick. Jacoby Myers, undrafted. Bada bing, bada boom. Here number we are. one and two wide receivers. So, someone tell me that Bill Belichick can't draft again. He just waits till the draft's over. Yep. <laughs> Fine with me. Fine with me. Let's let's uh, let's switch through to the defense. Okay. Because I have some Whoa. thoughts. All right. So, Kurt, let me hear your T H O T S. My T H O T S number one, or T H O T number one. Okay, J.C. Jackson mm. had a very, very nice game again. He had his sixth interception, five straight games with an interception. Which, that alone is a banana stat. Five games in a row with a pick? Most people what? don't get five picks in a season. Right, that's bananas. He's got one each week the last five weeks. Crazy. So he's been great, and it's been good because with Gilmore out, you've needed, and again, Gilmore, I still think, is head and shoulders above J.C. Jackson. Right, but right. J.C. Jackson played very, very, very well in this game, and um, <clears throat> he was also undrafted. So hmm. it's weird that some of your best players right now are undrafted free. Kurt, serious question: Should we just skip the draft from here on out? Belichick might be like, "Well, no, because I'm more going to get there." But because Belichick's been hitting <laughs> okay. on some of his picks, and he's not getting credit. <laughs> okay, for. okay, okay, okay. Just kidding, just kidding. Just but kidding. yes, at the same time. <laughs> Right. Love it. Here's uh here's a draft pick from last season, Bruno, that um all of a sudden was in the doghouse a little bit this year. Saw his snaps go down four weeks in a row, played a, played more last week and then this week. He they unleashed Chase Winovich. Mm, your boy. They unleashed him. Okay, so I was listening to or no, I was reading Something from Jeff Howe, who writes for the Athletic oh, and the yep. Patriots. Yep, yep, yep. And he I know was where like you're going. saying <laughs> he he had this this little tidbit. He said uh, talking about Winovich and disruptions and how well he played. Um, he stole the show with an incredible eleven disruptions. He had a quarterback hit and ten pressures, along with a run stuff and a drawn holding penalty. Played a career high sixty five snaps, shattering his previous high of forty seven. Um, and then we, it talks about how his snaps dipped and stuff. And then uh, mm -hmm. Jeff says, I've been charting disruption and coverage stats from film since uh, since 2015. Winovich's 11 disruptions are the most I've ever tallied, breaking Donta Hightower's mark of 10 against the Chargers in 2018. Ding, ding, a motherfucking ding. And he wasn't also just playing on the line on the edge. He, was, he dropped to middle linebacker. He yep. was playing like a man with his hair on fire. And he 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 had a game of his life. Kurt, I believe in the initial draft analysis when we selected him, people were calling him like a possessed zombie, something to that effect. He was living up to that today or on the last this last game. Fun fact, Bruno and I were together the day mm -hmm. the Patriots uh, drafted Chase Winovich. We were sitting in shout out Aunt Rosati's office uh, during it was April. We were doing something with some event and we were in there and we were eating. I believe Wally's chicken coop and we uh, selected Chase Winovich and I was very excited. And you're like, I don't know about him, but then you saw that he was like yep. <laughs> zombie or whatever. And you're like, I'm in, I'm in say no more. Well, here we are a year and a half later and we're still, <laughs> Hey, I'm all in a 10, 10 toes in, if you will. Well, shout out Kevin. Ollie, 10 toes in. <laughs> um, but no, <laughs> I know people like to say Bill Belichick has struggled in the draft and don't get me wrong. He has, he's, he's missed on plenty. 
you go back to Cyrus Jones, you go to Jordan Richards, you go to even you could start to say Nikhil Harry. Okay, he's missed. He's missed on some guys. Okay, there's no denying that. But you look at the defense the other night. Okay, you look at guys like Chase Winovich, Kyle Duggar, the second round pick from this year. You had Josh Uche. You had Anthony Jennings playing well. You had Michael and Wayne playing well. Isaiah Wynn was a beast. You had Shaq Mason who was a beast. And then obviously JC Jackson and Jacoby Myers who were undrafted guys. But you mm-hmm. think about those guys I just named. Those are Bill's guys. Those are guys who Bill handpicked. Damian Harris. Okay. Who Bill yep. has hand selected and be like, this is this is gonna be a, like a lot of our team going forward. And Kyle Duggar, man. Kyle Duggar. 12 tackles, eight solo tackles. What a game. What a game from a rookie. Yeah, and the thing I'll add to this, and I know we already talked about it, Kurt, but being able to react quickly to different routes or to people coming out of the backfield or to cuts or to anything the offense is trying to doing, being able to react to that in a monsoon on a slippery field where there's like little traction and you're slipping and you're sliding and all this other stuff, it even adds to more impressive, right? Like who would have thought we'd have career games from these guys in the conditions that we just saw? It's nutty. It is nutty. And I know I'm not going to like humble brag. Okay. I'm not here to do that. Do it. Fuck it, Kurt. No, no do I'm, it. I'm, but I will say, and you can go back. There are receipts. Okay. Check them. Wait, Kurt, what type of receipts? R E A D. Uh, what type? Red receipts. <laughs> okay. Thank you. People who say read just really bother me. <laughs> anyway. Well, so, anyway. NT ways. Um, I said uh, right after the draft this year that I think Bill Belichick was drafting guys like Kyle Duggar and bringing guys in like Adrian Phillips and bringing guys in like Josh Uche to potentially try to be similar to what the Chargers were in 2018, putting safeties in the box, almost like linebackers, to try yep. and play faster. You don't have like big fat guys out there like uh, like a Landon Roberts who was just a thumper who like who had no lateral quickness just would go downhill and try to kill people. <clears throat> when you play teams like the Chiefs and the Ravens, you can't have those guys because they're going to get burned by outside zone runs to the edge, quarterback sweeps to the edge, toss to the, to the edge, you know? And I, I'm not, I'm really not trying to brag, but like the Patriots, fuck it, brag. The Patriots defense played great against Kansas City. They held Dang. Patrick Mahomes to no touchdowns in the first half again for the third time. True. They obviously the offense sucked that game for the Patriots, but they didn't allow Mahomes to escape. They only rushed two or three sometimes. Um, But they, they essentially were like, we're not going to play man. We're going to play zone. We're going to keep all eyes on the quarterback. Good luck getting open with nine DBs. Yep. And it worked and it worked again this week. The Patriots didn't allow Lamar Jackson to go off. He ran for 11 carries for 55 yards. He gets 55 yards a carry sometimes. So, (laughs) Sure. So to bottle him up to his longest run being a scramble of 11 yards, the Patriots did their job defensively. And I mm-hmm. I like I like what I saw from the defense. They looked fast. They looked young. They looked like they were well coached up. They had an awesome, awesome, awesome game plan on defense. Kurt, I have but one simple question for you. Kurt, ask me what the question is. What's the question, Bruno? Kurt, are we heating up? Oh, we're heating up fucking let's fucking mother fucking go i agree but here's the thing 
the Patriots are not good enough right now to be like a team who's like, oh, the two and seven Texans. Ha, we got that game unlocked. Like, no, <clears throat> no, no. Are you sure about that? Yes. <laughs> Kurt, positive vibes only. Patriots by Quintillion. Oh, take it back right now because you know what you did last time. <laughs> no, I said a million or a billion last time. I did not say Quintillion. Check well, the receipts. They better win by a Quintillion because I'm coming for you. <laughs> Okay, okay, I'm okay. coming for that ad. Okay, I'll walk it back a little bit. Walk it back a little right. bit. But no, I they just the margin for error is not as big. So as long right. as the offense right. plays mistake free football like they have the last two weeks, they're gonna put themselves in a good chance to win the game. And right. I what I what I like so much, <clears throat> excuse me, about what I saw this week of how they defended Lamar Jackson is you have Deshaun Watson this week, you have Kyler Murray the week after, mm. and you got guys like Justin Herbert, who's, you know, he can go a little bit. Jared Goff, Tua Tungabailoa, Josh Allen. Okay, you're going to see some guys the rest of the way who can scramble. So, mm. who can make plays to their feet. So, you might see more of this from the Patriots, and I really like what I saw this week. And, Kurt, may I just say that it it's pretty fair to say this. If we can do it against Lamar... It's like we can do that against anyone because Lamar is the the top of the top when it comes to scrambling quarterbacks. Yeah. So that's a good sign to be able to say we did that against Lamar and moving forward. Right. It's him and Kyler, I, th- I think, in terms right. of who is you know the shiftiest in space. One last thing I want to talk about before we wrap up. Okay, the Ready. end of game situation. Right. So <clears throat> the Patriots ran the ball late in the game to force the Ravens to take their final timeout uh, before the two-minute warning. Patriots ran a yep. play, two-minute warning. It's third yep. and eight. Okay. I'm sitting on the couch watching with B Rad. B Rad. And he was we were we were chit-chatting. And I was like, Dad, the Patriots cannot under any circumstances throw this football. He's like, What do you mean? Like, why? It's third and eight. Well, if in the conditions, which they were coming down hard that, that last drive for the Patriots, right. too. And you saw how the how the wet ball is affecting everybody. Mark Andrews drops. Okay. Like people are dropping the ball left, right, and sideways. If the Patriots threw the ball there and cam through to Jacoby Myers and the ball slipped through his hands. Oh God. And that was it. The, you know, turnover uh, fourth down fourth and eight. And there's a minute 55 to go in the game. Play only took Mm -hmm. five seconds. Okay. You stop the clock at 155, and you kick back to the Ravens with a minute 50 to go in the game. Mm-hmm. The Patriots were so goddamn smart. I was like, Dad, they have to run the ball. They have to keep the clock running. They ran quarterback sweep for negative two yards on purpose. Cam slid down in bounds, yep. and the clock ran. So you went from the two-minute warning to the Ravens did not get the ball in their hands to like 102. Mm-hmm. So you essentially wasted like half of what was left in the game, and it was just smart. I, I was like, they can't get cute here and try to throw a pass. So then the Ravens had no timeouts. They had to go 80 yards. And they had a minute to go in the game. They complete a pass or two, whatever. And then unbelievable place, two plays, one by Kyle Duggar, one by Jonathan Jones, by tackling the Ravens guys inbounds as they're trying to get to the sidelines. Oh, yeah. So the clock tick, 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 tick. There goes that clock, baby. There goes that clock. And it was just so well executed by the Patriots. It made me it made me ecstatic. Kurt, I'm not going to lie. When you said it made me, I didn't know where you're going with that. But I agree. It made me uh, ecstatic as well. From 6 to 12, baby. 6 to 12. <laughs> yeah, great situational awareness and the game. Um, like you said, tackling inbounds, having the weather be your ally, right? Um, 
you just they did everything that they needed to do in the situations that called for seemingly like this is what they should be doing they did that and you can't always count on that in the nfl so i'm happy to see we were able to do that true that and i would be remiss if i didn't shout out b rad one more time because he commented on cam newton's press conference on, i think on thursday because he you know b rad loves facebook uh so it's in case you didn't know it's true he yeah. <laughs> uh comments like pats 24 17 on the on the live stream oh i'm like i text him like you're an idiot oh like you're an idiot bruno what was the final score i believe it was 23 to 17 yes if nick folk didn't miss the extra point b right had it on the nose which is, I mean, your dad, known for predicting things. Let me just throw that out there. Known for predicting things was pretty damn close. So shout out B-Rad. Shout out B-Rad, baby. Shout out, and shout out Bruno for picking this game correctly. He took the Pats. Positive vibes only. He took them. Positive. Kurt, and may I say, though, I, I know we had our differences on the picks, but you have been the leader, the stalwart, the creator, the inventor, the motherfucking protagonist, oh. if you will, of this positive vibes only movement. So it has been a very successful two weeks so far and i'm looking to make it three and beyond and i'm what's well, just real quick real quick real quick what do you think how do you think they stack up against the texans okay so i know i was joking earlier i totally agree with you right we are not the patriots of old where it wouldn't matter who was injured wouldn't matter who the texans had wouldn't matter anything you just knew that if the patriots were playing the texans we were going to win i agree with you we don't have that anymore however the texans have been an absolute disaster couldn't even beat the Browns last week. They've only beaten the Jaguars this year. I think those are both of their wins. Yes, they've had some bad luck. Yes, Deshaun Watson's still a good quarterback. I believe that. I just don't think the Texans have the confidence or the capability to come in here. And, you know, again, they have Romeo Cornell. Let's go down there. Like, or sorry. What, okay, that's fine. That's fine. I don't think they have the confidence to come into this game, perhaps, with any sort of confidence or game plan to really stop what we're doing. I think, again, we're going to stick to the to the run-first mentality, and I think that's going to open up other avenues for us. And again, like like you and I both talked about from the Jets game, I just think confidence and like you know faith in our hard work that's paying off and practice and preparation that pays off, I think that's going to do wonders for our team. And like coming off the Ravens win, the only thing that I would hope that doesn't happen is kind of like that cocky attitude. But again, I don't even think we'll have that because, again, look at our record, right? We're not like we're not like six and three or any of these top records we still need to prove it every week so that's why i don't think i don't think this is necessarily a trap game that we're going to go into like expect to win because we know we're fighting for our life our life like every game from here on out yes i agree 100 percent. we definitely are fighting for our life every game here on out also a little revenge pats lost to the texans in houston last year uh time to go open a can of whoop ass down there and and see what you can do i'll rsvp to that oh i'm in i'm in 10 toes again all of them bruno we, I'm going to let you do the honors of taking us out for this week. Okay. You're going to, you're going to end this podcast with a little shebang. So, all right. So I'm going to say goodbye and I'm going to let you, you take care of it. All right. So that was Kurt saying goodbye. Um, it's your boy, Bruno. Happy to provide a little razzle dazzle action for you this week. Love you all. You are all are so great. Our millions of fans. Thanks for tuning in for another edition of playing the field. <laughs>